Well, good morning, everybody. We're wrapping up the Gospel of Mark today. So chapter 16 of Mark's Gospel. Hope you've already uh, read this chapter. Before I get into what spoke to my heart, I do want to point something out that probably many of you have noticed. Uh, many of your Bibles will have, have a mark of some kind indicating that starting at verse 9, 9 through 20, uh, through, the, through the end of the chapter, that those verses are not found in the oldest manuscripts of Mark's gospel. Um, we don't have the original copy that Mark hand wrote. We don't have the original hand copies that any of the Bible writers actually wrote, but what we have are thousands and thousands and thousands of manuscripts, partial manuscripts, full manuscripts of uh, parts of the Old and New Testaments. And when you put all of those together, you're able to see that it is reliable. Now, you have some variations, some differences where a scribe may have miscopied something, and then those who copied him continued that. But what we're saying is that the oldest manuscripts, and usually if you want to know uh, what did the original say, we always look first at the oldest manuscripts. So the oldest dated manuscripts do not, do not have verses 9 through 20, meaning they probably were not part of Mark's gospel when he wrote it. They were added later by someone. It doesn't mean that what they say is not true. It simply means they were not part of Mark's original gospel. So you, you need to be aware of that. And I appreciate when, when, when copies of the Bible, when translations and publishers make those notations so that we know the truth, we know what's going on. So just, just that bit of information. Now, the part that spoke to me uh, this day are the first three verses. So let's look at those real quickly. Uh, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Remember, Jesus had been crucified, buried, stone rolled against the entrance of the tomb, but because of the approaching Sabbath, they had not been able to properly prepare his body for burial according to Jewish customs. And so these women bought the spices and were on their way to the grave because they wanted to anoint Jesus' body. They wanted to, they wanted to uh, treat it the way in Jewish culture it was supposed to be prepared for burial. And so in verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they were saying to one another, they were talking among themselves, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Now what really spoke to me, what got my attention was, uh, these women were not going to the tomb simply to visit, like sometimes we go to a cemetery to pay our respects. Um, to, to put flowers on a grave to visit. They weren't doing that. They were going there with the intent of anointing Jesus' body, preparing it properly for burial. And in preparation for that, they had bought spices in verse 1. So they bought, had what they needed, and were, their own, were on their way to the tomb. But they had no plans for who was going to roll away the stone. It was too big for them. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone? So they bought the spices. Now get this picture. They bought the spices. They're on their way to the tomb, not just to visit, but to actually anoint Jesus' body. They had planned all of that. But there was no plan for how to get into, gain access to the tomb so they could anoint his body. Someone had to roll away the stone. They didn't have a plan for that. And yet they were going. And... Um, as I was thinking about that, um, I mean, you can say a lot of things, but what it said to me 
was that planning matters. I mean, they had partially planned. They had bought the spices. They had gotten together. They were on their way, but they had not completely planned who was going to roll the stone away. They didn't know. They were talking about it on their way to the tomb. And so planning, you know, they, they partially planned, but not completely. And, and, and what, what really the Lord showed me is that planning does matter. I mean, planning is important, but passion matters more. Planning is essential. But if I had to choose between planning and passion, I'm going to take passion. Now, the best about, the best is when you put the two together, planning with passion. They had passion and they had done some planning. It just wasn't full planning. I'd rather have that any day of the week than someone who is so meticulous, but they have no passion. Passion trumps planning. But passion with good planning, that's an unbeatable combination. And I want to say to say that uh, that for some of us, based on our personality types, if we're not careful, the way we're wired, we 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 can have a tendency to wait until everything is perfect, every I is dotted, every T is crossed. We have all the answers. We thought of all the contingencies. We, I mean, we have planned it to the max, or or it has to be the perfect plan it has to everything all the stars have to line up perfectly before we act and if if you're wired that way the risk the risk is that you probably won't do much because you'll always be waiting until things are better till the time is better till the time is right till it's this till it's that till it's this till it's that and the next thing you know time has passed i'm a believer in planning we plan i plan but passion matters more. These women did some planning, but they sure had passion. And you know what? God told us about them in the Bible. Passion trumps planning. That's the word for today. I'll see you tomorrow as we start the book of Revelation.